Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actors Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students, and I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am super excited to introduce my guest. She is the senior vice president and partner of the prestigious talent agency, Kazarian Measures and Ruskin. I want to welcome the amazing Alicia Ruskin to my podcast. Welcome to the show. Billy, it's great to see you again. Yeah. I would we say, have a past. We do have a past. <laughs> you, you were my agent. And I got to tell you, you know, when I was over over your agency, I I worked a lot. I I mean, yeah. I I did I did a Bud Light. I did a snap. I did four or five Snapples. I did an mm-hmm. Ameriquest. I did a Toyota. I did. I mean, I was booking jobs left and right when I was over at the agency, and it truly yeah. was a such a blessing because during that time, I had just had a child. And my wife, yeah, uh, how's, uh, how's Jake? Jake is doing amazing. You should Must see him. He's, he's, now, he's, he's 14. Yeah. He's a, he's a freshman in high school. He's bigger than me. He's a football player, lacrosse player. <laughs> he, didn't get, he didn't get the acting bug. huh? He did not get the acting bug. You know, it's, he's, he's an athlete. I mean, I know he's has it in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one day I think he might come a call on, but for now he just, he's an athlete and he, oh, and he loves, he loves doing what he does, you know, playing, yeah. but it, it was truly a blessing the time we spent together. And, you know, when I created this podcast, I, you know, I, I created to inspire artists to follow their dreams. You know, if a kid like me can come out to Brooklyn from Hollywood with 200 bucks in his pocket, a one-way ticket, not knowing a soul out here and make an amazing career for myself, you know, that I've been living the dream. And, and if I can do it, then they can do it. And, you know, the business has changed drastically over the years, but, you know, you've been in the, you're a veteran in this business. You've been mm-hmm. a talent agency for uh, how many, how many years have you been in a talent agent? Uh, I just celebrated my 34 years at this agency, Wow, <laughs> which is, amazing. which is unheard of. Yeah, I was I was a, I was an actor and I think I have something to say about how you stay in because I got out for, you know, very specific reasons which we can talk about. But I was just making some notes before we talked. I'm thinking what would have encouraged me to stay in a little bit longer and I have some thoughts about that as well because I think it's you know, you a, a, an actor it, it's it's such a, a a weird kind of thing where you've got a person who is the most sensitive person, an artist, and you put them in a profession, which is nothing but constant rejection. So <laughs> it's, it's that, that thing where I, I feel like uh, these are the bravest people on the planet artists, because it is so very, very tough to, to make it. And the vision that you have to have for yourself 
And there are very specific things that I think you need to set up in your life to be successful as an actor. And we can we can talk about that. Well, I would love to talk about that. I, you know, I love yeah. first the first what you said, the key word for me was vision. You know, mm-hmm. you truly have to have a vision. You have to see yourself achieving it. I believe if you you see it, you believe it, you can achieve mm-hmm. it. But then you have to go after it with a vengeance and truly go after the dream and, right. and know that you're going to get no's. No's, no's, no's are OK. No's mean you're in the game. You know, every no truly, I feel, brings you closer to a yes. You have to get in there and get some no's, you know? Yeah, I think the vision is important because sometimes it's the only thing that you're going to have, especially let's say we're talking to the younger people who um, maybe just out of high school and getting on that plane and coming out to LA or New York, or maybe they're just coming out of drama school. um, And you have, you're just full of that, that passion and that dream and that vision for, for what you want to be and what you want to do. And as the years go by, the people that you were in school with, some of them may have veered off in other directions and they're now, they have families and they're buying houses and they've got careers because they didn't, they aren't doing what you're doing. And so that sense of like, oh, I'm missing out on something you still have your dream. You still have your vision. If you talk to your friends, they gave up their dreams Mm -hmm. that you didn't. So you have that something that's, that's precious in you is that, that knowing that you have something to, to say as an artist, you have something to give to the world. And that has got to keep you going when you're maybe not living in a great place and you're still working a few jobs. And like we, like we've talked about, if you, the only way to really fail is to give up. And the people that are successful are the ones that have hung in there longer than the people that gave up, (laughs) you know, it's going to take longer than you think it is. It's going to be more of an investment than you think it is. That's what I always tell people is it's, it's, it might come quickly, but it's probably won't. And just know that you're, you're in good company. Read a lot about the people that you really admire the Allison Jannies of the world or um, the people that maybe made it a little bit later in life. And, and they, they kept going and they, and they, they got what they wanted. Absolutely. You never quit. You know, I know so many actors have been in this game. You know, I came out in 84, you know, with that 200 bucks and, you know, I've seen a lot of actors come into town and a lot of them leave. You know, and I've seen I've seen the young actors. I mean, I remember, you know, Robert Downey Jr. hanging out in my little dumpy little apartment or Johnny Depp when he came in, he was sleeping in his car or, you know, Ray Liotta. I mean, all of these actors, I saw them come in. You know, I was, you know, in that we were working together. We were it was, you know, but it's those those actors that, you know, there it is such a roller coaster ride that sometimes it's feast, sometimes it's famine. There's sometimes you're there's all this stuff that comes in, self-doubt, you know, and, and it's really staying true to the vision and knowing that the your very next audition could be the one that changes everything for you. There's things in your control and things out of your control. You need an enormous amount of luck in this business. I say everybody gets a break. Everybody gets a break. Are you ready for it when it comes? That's the thing. You have to be ready to, you get the big audition with a big director and your your craft isn't where it needs to be. That, that break may not come again. So what's in your control is training. I, I think you need a, a, one really good teacher can, can really change it for you. Everybody has, seems to have like that one coach 
Billy, you're probably it for for a, a lot of people. That one coach that is just really got your mind turned right about what this business is and really is on you in a good, loving way about your craft and doesn't let you get away with crap. The other thing you need is community. You need a group of people, not just the other people at your cater waiter job necessarily, but people who are doing what you're doing and maybe a little bit ahead of you so that you're on the field. Maybe you're not making any money from acting, but you're working in some capacity with other performers or other artists or writers or directors. And then you also need some way to uh, keep the money going when the acting isn't paying. And that's where today is easier in some ways than when you and I were coming up in that there's a lot of things you can do online. I mean, remember like, don't get a day job. You got to keep your days free because you have to audition during the day. Yeah. That's still true in some in some ways. But, you know, now you can work, you can make your own hours. If you have some kind of business that you can do online, you can work in the middle of the night. I don't know, day trading still a thing. That was a, a thing briefly people, actors were doing. I think it's just as creative to find the kind of work that will sustain you and pay your bills until acting does as being an actor. Love that. Yeah. You know, you, but also, you know, I'm not, I've never been a big f- fan. Listen, you have to pay your rent. You got to be able to feed yeah. yourself, but I've never been a big fan of plan B's because I've always. This isn't plan B. Uh, no. This isn't plan B. These are just, these are just pay the bills kind of jo- a job. You can leave at a moment's notice for sure. Because most people leave acting because they're broke and they sure. have to work. They have to go home because it's cheaper at home. Or, you know, they, it's like dad keeps calling. It's like, come into my business, kid. Yeah. I'll make you a star in the plumbing business. Well, um, but, you, but you have to have skills right. in some way um, because you have to, the investment, you have to have photos. I, I will not have more than two conversations with a client about photos because they're broke. They're no longer a client. You can't have an agent and be too broke for pictures. You're not a professional actor. You need pictures, you need classes, you need self-care, whatever that means to help your, you know, yoga or gym or whatever it is to keep your body in shape. You need a place to live, you need transportation. So how are you all, how are you going to pay for that? I know you only came with 200 bucks in your pocket, right? I would not advise that for most actors. I would advise you to come with a much bigger nest egg because you can stay longer and you can now, what happened, Billy? I'm curious. So you came with 200 bucks. How did you make it until you started working as an actor? Did you get a, a break right away? Well, I'll tell you what happened is, is I ran out of 200, those 200 bucks real fast. <laughs> you know, I, I showed up, you know, when I was 11, they were, they, you know, they were filming a movie in my neighborhood called Nunzio uh, with David Proval. I got a little background work in it. I got bit by the acting bug. You know, when I showed up to set, everybody thought I was the another actor on the set. So they gave me this star treatment with they powdered my nose and craft services. And I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. And then a year later, they were filming Saturday Night Fever in my neighborhood. And I watched John Travolta film till the wee hours in the morning and the girls screaming because of Vinnie Barbarino. And I was like, this is what I want to do. My whole life, nobody believed, you know, when I said I want to be an actor, nobody believed. They laughed at me, you know, even my when I was in high school, I, I played Danny Zuko in Greece and I, it was standing room only. That was the first time I was on stage. I thought you were great. It was amazing. <laughs> and I went to my drama teacher at school, my you know, my Brooklyn high school. And I said, I want to be an actor. And he said, forget about it, kid. 
I mean, that was the advice you I got. You went to your so. drama teacher and you said, forget about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was probably a frustrated actor that <laughs> it must have been, you know, was teaching a drama in a Brooklyn high school. I mean, that's a whole nother story. But so, so, but, you know, I didn't listen to the naysayers. You know, I believed myself. I believe that this is my, you know, I felt it in my heart that this is what I had. I had a vision of me, like I saw myself. You know, I literally would sit in front of the TV and watch the fall guy with Lee Majors. And it was about Hollywood and stuntmen. And I'd fantasize and I'd, I'd go, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But when I came out to Hollywood, you know, with 200 bucks in my pocket and I ran out of money real fast. And somebody told me about uh, a, a, a thing called the Recycler. It was like uh, like a mm-hmm. little paper that had ads in it. And they yeah wanted and and I found uh, an older woman that had a broken leg that she lived in Van Nuys I didn't know anything about Hollywood or anything. so I I moved to yeah. Van Nuys uh, I got myself a little waiter uh, busboy job I couldn't even I had a broken leg I had cut my cast off before coming out to Hollywood so I was limping around I got a little job as a, a bus boy and I you know negotiated with that lady that when I got paid I could give her some money to you know mm-hmm. And then I knew I had to find an agent. I said, I have to find an agent. So I got a, a list of agents from the Academy of Players Directory. The, and, I, and I went down the list of agents. And this is, you know, 84. There's no cell phones. There's no GPS. There's you made I mean, the rounds. I'm, I was literally knocked on doors right. going, I've arrived, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, but I had studied. I had studied at Lee Strasberg in New York City. I did yeah, my first play at, at, at Actors Studio, you know. Right. So I was I was coming out here. I was promoting myself like, you know, I'm a serious theater actor from New York. I just, mm-hmm. you know. So that's how I was. But the doors slammed in my face. Get lost. No, no, no. And I went through the A's, the B's, the C's, the D's, no's, no's, no's. And I kept banging on the door and I found an agent, the Yenez Talent Agency. Are they around? No, I don't know if they say. He was partners with Jim Bridges. Oh, okay. uh, which was Todd Bridges' dad. So yes. it was like Yenez Bridges or whatever. Yep. So yeah. long story right. short, oh, I know them. I know them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so long story short, I, you know, I, I banged on the door and, you know, they let me in and I, you know, I, I promoted myself and I said, I'm, you know, but then, you know, there's, you know, agents are kind of sleazy agents in Hollywood, <laughs> you know, yeah, he, you know, the first day I met him, Bob, 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 first day I met him, he had a, he opened up his dra- uh, his drawer and he pulled out a little bottle of tequila. He said, you want a shot of tequila? Oh. <laughs> and then he had a, what time was this 10 in the morning? It was in the afternoon. <laughs> then he had a stack of Polaroid pictures with girls with, you know, showing their breasts. And I, I literally was literally walking out, out the door movie. going, get the, I was literally walking out the door. And he said, wait, 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 there's a, there's a show called the, the Fall Guy or whatever they're looking at. I went, the, what? The Fall Guy? That's my show. That's my show. <laughs> I said, and I said to him in that office, I said, you get me that audition, I'll get that part. And he took a Polaroid picture. Of me. I didn't have a headshot. He took a Polaroid picture of me, sent it to casting, whatever. Long story short, I get the audition. It's a 20th Century Fox. I live in Van Nuys. I have no money, <laughs> zero dollars. I have to the take bus? Buses, <laughs> five buses to get to Culver City. 
I walk into the audition and there's the lobby with all the actors with the leather jackets on, you know, trying to look mm-hmm. guys. And I was literally off the streets of Brooklyn. My leather jacket was real, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. You were the guy. But the, the funny thing is, is the character's name was Billy and he was a bully and he was bullying yeah. kids to deal drugs. That was the character. I had a diamond pinky ring that said Billy on it. <laughs> I literally walked into the lobby and I put my fist in every every one of the actors' faces. I said, what does that say? Billy, that's me. You can go home. And I told, I literally told everybody to leave, Gosh. all of them to leave. And then I went into with casting and the scene was, I'm threatening another kid. Let me tell you something about me. I'm either going to be your friend or your enemy. So it's up to you. And as, as I'm threatening, I reach over and I grab the casting director and I pull her out of her chair and she went, time out. <laughs> Time out, time out, time out, time out. She goes, number one, she goes, never, ever, 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 ever put your hands on a casting director ever again. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. It's my first audition. I didn't know. She goes, she goes, number two, she goes, you're not leaving town, are you? And I go, no, why? She goes, because you got the part. She goes, you can't tell the other actors in the lobby because I got to read them out of courtesy, but you got the part. So I walked out into the lobby. I said, go home. She told me I got the job. <laughs> you told them already to go home. Yeah. The valuable lesson is you never want to do any of that ever. Any of that. Never, never do what I but, say. Not what but, I, but, but what here's I a, here's the beautiful, valuable lesson that I learned on my very first audition is one. I owned that lobby. As far as I was concerned, I was Billy. I, I, I was Billy. Billy was me. Now, how do, how does an actor do that now? That's preparation. It's about creating a character, doing a backstory, you know, bringing a character into the door, the wardrobe, the, you know, an animal, you know, just having fun, making choices, choices, talent lies within your choices. That is how you own a lobby. That gives you. Well, conf- that's how you yes. And that's how you own a lobby, Billy. Yes. I mean, another actor could not say, I'm going to do what Billy Gallo did. Correct. It just wouldn't work because that's you. That's authentically you that worked for you. Somebody else is going to come in, be very, be more private, sit aside, save it all for when they walk in. I think it's important to know as an actor, along with learning character work and craft, knowing yourself very deeply, knowing what makes you tick, what is a successful approach to auditioning for you. Mm. And I know that's what you teach as well. Yeah, everybody, true. everybody is different. But I do know what's interesting about your story is that one thing that you don't want to do is play it safe as an actor. You really have to take chances. You have to risk. You have to. Yeah, you don't want to necessarily vault over the table and attack the casting director. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you don't there's no right answer. There's no a lot of actors go in going, I want to do the reading that they expect me to do. They don't know what they want. They know. That's the other secret in they want someone to come in and show them what they change want. Change their mind. <laughs> or change their mind. Yeah. And as an agent, that's the way I'm thinking creatively on my end is okay, they're saying they want this, but I know my actor, Billy, you know, they want they want a woman, but I really think Billy could bring something to it. I mean, I'm trying to as much as I can kind of maybe not break the box, but at least give them some other options as well. But the other part of your story that I liked was that you just, you just kept stepping up, knocking on those doors, whatever that means. Now I have a a story about a client that I saw in a class and there was something about him and, but he wasn't ready yet. So he emailed me. I said, Scott, you know, not yet. And he just, every so often he would drop me an email. He would send me a video. He would made videos of himself from class 
He was getting a little better and a little better. And about six months after we met, I signed him. He's probably shot 50 commercials in his career. So so you, you just have to know that maybe you're not ready or maybe that's not the right agent for you. But if the door is open to crack, take advantage of that. I've handed people my card and never heard from them. Now, maybe they, I wasn't their cup of tea, but a lot of times people get in their own way. They hear yes and they, they think no. I've had clients, I tell clients, you need a hiatus. You need to take, I'm not going to drop you. You need to take three months and get your head right because you are walking into every audition with a negative. I'm not going to get this. It's just not working. I might as well quit. You're walking into auditions with that frame of mind. And yeah, it's you, it's a killer. So, you know, I want to, It's. I'm glad you brought that up because it's a great, you know, I have a story about that that I'd like to share, you know? So, you know, we started the podcast and I talked about, you know, the amazing run I was on, you know, the Snapple that turned into five Snapples, the Toyota, the Bud Light, the AmeriQuest, the Diet Mountain Dew, you know, I was booking, 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 booking. And then I had, I was going through a rough time in my life. You know, my, my, I lost my 11 year old niece to brain cancer. I lost my stepfather to prostate cancer. My wife and I had a miscarriage. Uh, my my dog got ran out and got hit by a car and died. Then my wife got cancer. This happened in a one year period for me, and I was literally like, and I was I had torn my rotator cuff and I was in a sling and I was I couldn't work and I was just I was in the worst place you could possibly be. I was literally life was just you know beating me up really really hard. And, you know, I, I'd go from one hospital to the next hospital to like lobby to lobby, you know, hearing bad results and just, you know, so I got like PTSD, like I would sit in a lobby and I would be thinking people are going to die because that's what I was living my life. You know, I had been in so many hospitals, how many lobbies? So any lobby, I was associating like a commercial lobby to like PTSD, like people are going to die. You know, it was like it was, I was in a really bad place. But what happened was, is I had a baby at the time, you know, I needed the money. So there was a desperation element that was coming to the door like like I was desperate but I was not in the right mindset like I was dealing with death and I wasn't in the mindset to go in there and have fun and really play yeah. and and it, and it changed the game for me I stopped getting callbacks I stopped you know booking roles and I know exactly what happened was is I won desperation. I needed the money. I needed the insurance. I needed the, you know, because of the cancer and the, all that stuff. So I had put so much pressure on myself going into the room that you, they could smell desperation a mile away, you know, and they also can smell an actor that's having fun and making, making some big choices and, and is in play. There's two different vibrations there. And can I ask you, or if you were going to get to this part, how did you go, come through this and, and start to work again? First off, I had to deal with the grief, one, that, that had to be dealt with. And I had to, I really started taking meditation. I started meditating. My wife, during her beautiful, she's cancer-free, but during her journey, she, you know, one of her dreams was to to teach uh, yoga and meditation and and she started doing yoga and meditation and uh, you know she'd come home and she'd be all excited about this <laughs> yoga meditation stuff and she said you got to try it and I was like you know 
me, Billy from Brooklyn, and meditate in the I don't think so. With your mind going a minute, million miles. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't shut it off. You know, it was like a bunch of noise. I was yeah. like a noise machine over right. here, and it was truly like you know, it was you know. Listen, I, I had a rough childhood, so there was events that happened in my childhood that. I created stories around mm-hmm. that I carried around as truths that weren't really true. They were lies, but a little boy created them. So I was, I was living in, I had a lot of, I was dragging a lot of baggage around from my childhood. And once I got to like, let go of that and free myself up and really get out of my head and get into my heart. And I, I only learned that by meditating. I started take, taking meditation and then, I started taking my teacher training and I, now I teach it to all my students because I think it's, you know, in order for a, a, an artist to really play their instrument and they have to be relaxed. And the only way I've truly found to be able to get out of my head and into my heart is to, to be grounded and to breathe. So it's a daily practice of taking time to quiet the noise and get into your heart. So you can come from that vibration, from your heart, from love. Love is the highest vibration there is. I feel like, imagine if you came into the room, not in fear, not like I want to get something, I, I want this, but what if you just came into the room in love because I love acting, I get an audience, I'm here to play and I'm going to shine my light all over this room. It's and your, It's your role for that period of time you're in the room. For yeah, sure. it's, this is my time, this is playtime. But you know, I truly found the key is having fun. It's really being mm-hmm. more prepared than everybody else. Preparation, like really doing the work. Like, right. you know, you don't want to be the actor in the room with the sides in the hand, you know, reading. You know, I, I believe you want to just make some big choices and go in and then play and give them your choices. I, I believe talent lies within your choices. So it's all about choices and play. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I would I would agree. And also about service. My my dad was an actor and he always used to come into his audition thinking, how can I serve you? How can I serve this project? you don't owe me anything as an actor. Like I'm fine. You don't have to give me anything. I'm here to give you mm-hmm. the performance. I'm here to solve your problem. You're the ones with the problem. You got to cast this thing. Here I am. Problem solved. Love that. Um, and it calmed him down to come from that point of view. Because I think, I think as an actor, you, you can get into a headspace of, I need this, that desperation mm-hmm. you're talking about. I need this job. I need this validation. I need to work. I know a lot of actors during the pandemic when things really weren't happening until we could figure out how to how to work in a pandemic. You just if you're not acting and performing in some way, it's you physically hurt. You know, you need that expression. I, I get that. Thank God we did figure it out. Uh, commercials was one of the first mediums that was actually able to go back into production because they could go into people's homes. You remember those early pandemic commercials that were in people's living rooms? They were in people's living rooms. Yeah, they were like real families and they were even putting out breakdowns. Does anybody know how to run a camera (laughs) in the house? The actor had to be their own makeup artist and stylist and location scout and producer and tech. It was very challenging, very challenging. I love that that during that time, Listen, the pandemic has been tough for everybody. I mean, I have a school, you know, here in brick and mortar for seven years. I haven't had anybody in here for two years. I mean, I, it, it's been a, a, almost a blessing in disguise because 
during this quiet time, I had a little more extra time on my hands and I created this podcast so I could serve on a, a larger scale. It doesn't matter where you live. You could study with me. You can, oh, I, I have tons of free material out there for young actors. I've had amazing guests such as yourself, you know, like dropping some serious gold. And if you're seriously about, you want to be an actor, well, go, go look, <laughs> there's stuff out there. There that, is a lot of stuff online right now. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to wait. You, you don't, you can become your own, you know, the first off, you know, self tapes has changed. I mean, the industry has changed. It's right. no longer about walking into a room. Now it's about self tapes. So I tell my actors all the time, you want to master the art of self-tapes. You want to become mm -hmm. like a little filmmaker. You know, you want to give them a piece of material that, you know, they, you got, they acted with the wrinkled curtain and bad lighting and, you know, reading the script. And then there's all of a sudden an actor that's, you know, maybe in the wardrobe of the character and, and is playing and has made some big choices. And now I'm seeing it. It's served up. It's like yummy, yummy. You like that? Taste, taste that. That's good stuff. That's, that's something we, I've, it's an interesting conundrum. Mm -hmm. How professional do you want to make your audition tape? This is not a performance. This is an audition. I always tell my actors that they give you the script to hold, you hold that script and you refer to it at one point, even if you've memorized it, you want to let them know you are auditioning and you are going to, if you want to see me perform, you can hire me. So my feeling, this may be go against what you teach people mm -hmm. is that you have a, your self tape should be a neutral background, well lit, well framed within the time, follow all the directions, mark, you know, if you, they want one take, do one take. If they want three takes, do three takes, label it correctly and send it off. Do not spend nine hours and 57 versions trying to get the perfect self tape. People are driving themselves crazy out there. <laughs> you really have to let it go in a lot of ways. And People would ask me, are you watching all of the self-tapes? I'm like, are, I don't, wouldn't have time in my day to watch all the self-tapes that come through. But I, I've enjoyed watching the self-tapes because I have not been able to see a lot of my actors uh, in person. So I'm saying, oh, look who grew a beard. Well, everybody grew a beard during pandemic. <laughs> all my, I see these guys are like, what is going on? They're just like <laughs> hair everywhere. Uh, and the girls too. Everyone, everyone grew everything out. So I get to see people and I get to say, okay, can, are, is there self-tape professional or not? And then I can, but I'm not watching every single one because I'm not in the audition room with them normally as an agent. That's not yeah. where I am, but it's got to be, and I'm sure you teach the basics of self-tapes that it's important to do it right. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I feel, that. You know, listen, commercials, one thing, theatricals are different. Okay. Yes. So this is what I believe. And I've seen it work for my actors. I want to regress okay. so in that first audition. When I went in and I grabbed that casting director and I threatened her and I made her, well, what did I do in that room? I made her feel something. I made her feel the given circumstance of the scene. My character sure. was fully threatening another kid trying to put fear into him. I asked the casting director, you know, why'd you give me the job? You know, at the rap party. She says, you scared the crap out of me, kid. Yeah. But that was the given circumstances of the scene. I made her feel right. something. So a light bulb went over my head. And that was the key is you, my job is to make you feel whatever mm -hmm. the, you know, if it's a comedy, make you laugh. If it's a drama, make you, whatever it is, that's mm -hmm. the job. 
And I learned that very early on. And, you know, also also walking out confident. You know, she told me I got the job. You know, mm-hmm. you walk out confident because if I'm a casting director and I see behavior, you know, an ounce of behavior is worth a pounds of words. If, you know, you forgot a line or you skipped the thing and you're in your head, you're telling me just by your behavior, you, you didn't do too good. So, you know, your entrance and your exit are just as important as your, your slate. Everything is important as just as your audition. Don't overstay your welcome. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't ask them. It's time for you to go. You know? yeah. But 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 you know, it is truly. I feel that, especially on the theatrical end, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm going to go play, I'm auditioning for the the serial killer, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm doing this. You know, they're interrogating me. Well, I don't want to have a purple background. I want to have like a gray wall that feels like, you know, like that's a, neutral. That's fine. It's neutral. I'm not saying like a bunch of stuff and props and stuff like that, but just something that feels real to me. Yeah. You're not in front of your, your, you're not in front of a window ever. You never want light in back of you. And you're not in front of, you know, like your dirty dishes in the sink. Would you, yeah, you don't want any we've seen. Yeah. But, but for me, I feel like, you know, serving it up and really giving it to them. Like if I'm auditioning for the military guy on my self tape, well, you know, my wardrobe, I want it to look military. Not only okay. does it look, but I feel I feel military to them. My behavior, the way mm, I'm spending right. my wardrobe, even if it's not, I'm not talking about putting on a full uniform, but, you know, maybe a khaki tight fitted shirt or something sure. that screams military. Well, we do that in commercials. You know, we always used to tell you, like, just give a suggestion of the you know, you don't want to wear a t-shirt to every audition. You want to wear, if you're a businessman, you're in your shirt and tie. Yeah. But you know, it, it's like it, all those, you know, AmeriQuest, Bud Light, Diet Do, those were all cop roles that I booked. Well, you know why I booked those? Oh, roles? Yeah. Because I went in, I didn't care. I, I had an LAPD uniform. I walked in. How did you have an LAPD uniform, Billy? <laughs> I, played, I, played, I played a cop. You Are know? you allowed to have an LAPD uniform? Listen, I have. I used to have a wardrobe. I, I've played so many characters. I've been blessed. You know, I've played everything. Marine, Navy, Air Force, you know, Marine. Yeah, every, yeah. You name it, I've been it. So I have, you know, I always keep my wardrobe. I'm, I'm, I have, a, you know, that because I, I always felt like, you know, if, if I had to come back and we had to do research, reshoots, I feel more confident that I have it. I know oh. I'm going to be able to bring it. Can, can we tell everybody not to go out and get a, a fireman and a police Abs- uniform? Because Billy, I tell you, it's what was inside that uniform that got you the job and not your uniform. Yeah, no, absolutely. It helped. I'm sure to like, yeah. I can really picture him in my commercial, but it's not necessary. Yeah, it's not. Okay. It's not necessary. I, I agree at 100%. You don't have to wear the cowboy hat and the thing if you're right. auditioning for, you know, there's a fine line. You want to give it, mm-hmm. you know, like if a, a suggestion. So, I mean, you know, I, a blue shirt with a white t-shirt on underneath it feels mm-hmm. LPD and without the badge and the radio and all that other stuff <laughs> that I'm not a fan of. But I'm just really just kind of really giving them a suggestion of the character. Mm-hmm. This is what the character, you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm let's say I'm auditioning for a, a doctor in a commercial, you know, maybe I do have a white jacket on that makes me feel, you know, like a doctor instead of like a T-shirt or something, you know, something that says mm-hmm. professional. Yeah, um, you, you know, played that, all, you played a lot of other roles as well. I, I did. I've played many, many roles. And I, I've been blessed i've played it so many characters it's you know I've, I've lived hundreds of lives that's the that's why i love being an actor is just, you know i i've when i when i train for a role i really i ride along with the lapd i i go with the fire department i train with the the, the navy seals you know i've i've done 
all of these these roles where that's it's the research it's you know an actor prepares it's about doing the background let's hanging out finding the behavior of the the real guys so you know i'm a method actor i've always been one that you know i want to i want to really find that the details i want to spend some time i want to find that behavior i want to find that walk you know there's very specific stuff you know cops do you know the way yeah. they they wear their glasses on the back of their head like this. They got the bulletproof vest. It's uncomfortable. You know, there's, there's behavior that is cop behavior that just cops do, you know? So as an actor, you know, you want to be a sponge. You want to open up your eyes and go, I may have to play that guy one day. I want to, that guy or that person in the supermarket or whatever. So it's just data for your actor toolbox. This, this makes me think it's interesting about kind of the types of roles. So what do you do? You have a, a an actor come in. It's a good actor or actress say, and they're not really sure about, or they think they're one kind of type of character, but they're really somebody else. And I always find that challenging to say, okay, how do I find out the kind of roles that are, that are good for me? Or if I feel like I'm the leading lady, but I'm really a character actor. I mean, how do you coach people to kind of accept what walks in the room? Well, I do a little bit of an excavation with my actors. I want to know what you got. You know, everything, your, your life experience, your highs, your lows, everything in between, the good, the bad, the ugly. That's your goal as an actor. An inventory. Yeah. You know, I want to know what you have, you know. So we want to start building your actor toolbox. And then we want to, maybe there's some stuff, some story, some weeds that need to be pulled. You know, and let's okay. use that as fertilizer to plant mm-hmm. the new seeds of the confident you, This, you know, the the, the unstoppable you. But we got to figure out what you have to work with. What is your castability? You are a product. You're selling a product to Hollywood. I knew when I came out to Hollywood, I knew exactly what I was selling. I was selling the New York street kid. And you know what? They I sold it to them. They bought it. I mean, I got my own TV series, you know, with Matthew Perry. That, you know, they were looking for a surfer dude from Venice Beach with a parrot on his shoulder. That is how they explain my character on the show. But... I, you know, I grew up watching Happy Days, the fonts with the leather jacket and, you know, cool. And I was like, mm-hmm. I see this guy like the fonts. So mm-hmm. when I went into the audition, I wore the leather jacket, the wife beater, the gold chain, the perfect hair. I laid up the accent thick, the New York accent. I served that up to them. Those were big choices. It was against the grain. But mm-hmm. they, they went, yum. Yeah, we like this. Okay, well. well that's we- a perfect example. So. So you didn't try to change yourself to fit what they thought mm. they wanted. No. Somebody had enough vision to think, I'm going to bring in Billy Gal. I mean, they had to ask for you at that point, even though probably nobody would have seen you as a surfer guy. They just knew you were a good actor and bring something to the role. I think that's important for actors to know is that you're always going to walk in the room with something. Like when I back when I was acting, people would say, I would never believe you as somebody who was naive. You, you seem to have a, everyone thinks I'm from New York. I'm from LA. And, you know, you have a, you have a certain set, an intellectual capacity. You look like you have a lot of opinions and you wouldn't, you wouldn't come across as somebody who was just some girl from a small town who really hadn't been anywhere or seen it. That would be so antithetical. So these are the kind of things I think like you're talking about, like what, how you train up your actors, like, you know, be confident and also know who you are. Yeah. Well, first off, I don't teach acting. I don't want to see anybody act. I want to see you be truthful. Uh, I want to see what do you have? Okay. You know, where's your, what's your soul? Why don't you leave a piece mm-hmm. of your soul in that room? 
Why don't you, what do you have? How do you substitute? How do you personalize? How do you make this real? So you're not acting. How do you take you and leave a piece of you in that room? And if you do that, you're going to make a fan. Casting directors will become a fan of your work. And I found that if you have a couple of casting directors that are a fan of your work, they're going to keep bringing you back in because you make them look good in front of the producers. You bring you deliver, you book that job. You know, it's like, I think Ross Lacey was like, all of those jobs came through one casting office, (laughs) Ross Lacey. They used to book me left and left and right but you know what i made a fan in that room with that casting director that's definitely we tell our actors that as well say make a fan of that casting director just like you said it it. and that's and that's the win because you're going to book eventually because you know the reason why you don't book has nothing to do with you most of the time It, it really has to do with they just went older younger taller fatter thinner whatever it just wasn't your time but that casting director you made them look good and that's what counts. Yeah. And you made a fan. And if you yeah. get a bunch of casting directors that are a fan of your work, you're going to work. I mean, you know, I had some great casting. Vicki Rosenberg, God rest her soul. I mean, she loved me. Mm-hmm. She brought me in. I, I got Who's the Boss, Married with Children. I mean, mm-hmm. she would bring me in all the time. And I'd go in there and I'd land those roles. You know, there were casting directors that I'd go in and I'd read for and I wouldn't get the part. And I thought they didn't like me. I created a story. Oh, she hates me. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then, you know, three auditions later, I book, uh, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer's first foray into television, uh, you know, Soldier of Fortune. I booked that role and I I'm at the rap party and I'm talking to her and I go, I thought you didn't like me. She goes, I love you. She goes, what are you talking about? She goes, I was just yeah. waiting for the right project. And, you know, this was the that, right project. That's another lesson, right, Billy, is that leave the audition in the room don't think about it. Yeah, let go, it go. Plan something right after an audition, especially if it's a big audition. Plan like coffee with a friend or a movie or something where you can just do something else and just and just leave it there. Because again, these stories you make up, you think sure. you're thinking about. You, you don't know. You have no idea, and you're yeah. probably wrong. <laughs> anyway. You are probably wrong. I mean, <laughs> listen. I, I there was sometimes I'd walk out of the audition like beating myself up. You know. Yeah. Like, Ah, and you know, running my lines, it's all, it's over. The audition's over, but I'm running my lines in the car on the way home. And I'm, you know, and then I get, or, or you come out of the room and you're like, well, I booked that one. And yeah. then you never hear anything. Yeah. So that's just as bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You know, but then I get home and my phone rings, my agent calls and says, you got the job. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but what? don't they know I was terrible? <laughs> I you was horrible. You call them back and tell them no. <laughs> you know, but. To answer your question, to go back a little bit yeah. with my actors, I like to do a castability survey. I have a printout and I, I ask them to go make some copies and hand them out to your friends and people you know or whatever. Yeah. Let's take a survey. Let's see. Everybody says, oh, you're definitely a doctor or a teacher or whatever. Well, yeah. great. Then maybe that's kind of like, you know, you're a little, we should focus on, on that a little bit. Let's, let's work on some material that shows you doing that. You know, let's say it's a, it's a, the, I'm talking mostly on the theatrical end, but you know. Mm-hmm. If, commercials is the same, yeah. same way. Yeah. It says, you know, I see you as a cop. You get everybody going, oh yeah, you're definitely a cop. Oh, great. Let's find a piece of material of you playing a cop. Let's film you. And then you'll have that little piece of footage of you playing a cop. So when they, you know, click on, you know, also how about having that sh- and this is my own personal opinion. I'd love your what your thoughts on it. But, you know, having a headshot that speaks to the character, you know, like like if I'm looking to cast a cop and you have that blue shirt on with the white T-shirt underneath it oh, and yeah. feels like cop, I'm going to look at that picture and I'm going to go, well, that feels like a cop. Well, here's where it's for sure commercially you want four to six very different looking headshots for your profile online for commercials. 
theatrically, I've heard from my theatrical counterparts, they don't care. They don't necessarily need you to look like that. They need they need one or two pictures where something is really going on, you're wondering, and then it's a resume. It's right to the resume. I feel like theatrical pictures are photos are you're wondering what's going on. Commercial photos, you're clear what's going on. You never want to be opaque in a commercial photo, like, oh, I'm so mysterious. You don't want to be mysterious. No one's mysterious in commercials. <laughs> you know, you're, you're right out front. You're not necessarily have a big smile. You can you can have a sober kind of, you know, you can be, well, like for you, Billy, I'm sure one of your pictures was, you know, in the leather jacket. And you were like, hey, because that's the kind of roles you would book commercially. Yeah. So you would have one of those. Commercials is not all about everybody's happy and smiling all the time. Sure. I just, you know, and it's, and it's great. So you, so you want four looks for commercial? At least four looks for the commercial side of things. And sometimes more. I mean, I, it's like some, sometimes, uh, you know, I have disputes with the rest of my team because they're like, there's nine photos and they're all great. We can't just, it's like, well, everyone costs the actor some money. If they don't mind putting on nine photos, that's fine. But, yeah. you know, some people just have a lot Listen, of variety. This is, these looks. are your tools. These are yeah. the tools you need to have the right tools. If you want to be in this business, you know, I mean, that's why I built the studio because, you know, as a young actor coming out to Hollywood, I wish I had somebody like me to tell me, hey, this is a bad photographer. Stay away from that photographer or this is a scam or don't do that. Or, you know, I had to learn the hard way. You know, I, I, I've studied in so many acting classes. I have been some with some great teachers, some horrible teachers, <laughs> you know, so truly I, I created a, this studio as a safe place for artists to grow to try to 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 stretch to fall to dust yourself off get back up you know to to play to really figure out what is my cast ability oh well you know i i i might play a character with an accent because i got a spanish so well this is the time to be working on your spanish accent you know not till the day before the audition and try to figure out oh shit how do i do a spanish accent you know like there's always something there's always something to do you could sit in a park and watch people You know, you could do your sense memory work. There's always something that you can be doing as an actor. You could be, you could be writing, you could be creating your own material. We were talking earlier about the difference between then and now. Well, now we have, we have phones that can shoot movies. There's no reason why if there's some downtime, you and your community, which you have, can go out and and do some work. I I love, I preach that I have, you know, I created a 30 day self-tape challenge for my actors during the pandemic. So they had to create a self-tape. They're constantly working on their craft. So they're not the actors waiting for the phone to ring. No. They're the actors that are training. So when that or well, that preparation meets that opportunity, then you get lucky. And my actors are booking jobs left and right because they didn't lay down during this time. They 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 stepped up and they've been working their craft and they have they have footage. So now they've really They've collaborating, they're writing together, they're shooting together, they're using each other's resources, they're creating short films. And, you know, this is the time to do it. I mean, you have this little device, this this little, you know, I got the, I'm not, this is not, not an iPhone ad, but the iPhone 13 camera, you know, shoots better than my expensive D, DSLR camera. Well, so, yeah, even Soderbergh would agree with you. Yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing what you can do now. You can edit, you can write, you can film. You don't have to wait for anybody. Back in the day when I came into Hollywood, I actually I actually had to book the job and then have this guy Jan Natarno recorded on a three quarter tape and then go into him and you know. 
Daddy, what's the three quarter tape? <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, or VHS tape, but now it's everything. Let, let's let's talk. The, the industry has changed drastically. You know, back in the day, you know, you'd have your VHS tape and your black and white headshot, or you know, now what I is get- it? I mean, what, what you know, I know it's all digital submissions now. I mean, do actors even, you know, like should they print out their pictures? Should they have a hard copy? Uh, you there's know, really, there's really no need to have hard copy anymore. So not even okay. So no hard copy. So now, how do you feel about you know? Back in the day, we used to carry a little portfolio with a book, you know, with the pictures. Of, you know, so now it's Instagram yeah. or social media that you know. There's you know, like I know for models, a lot of the times they're looking or you know they're at their social media. They say, "What's their social media handle?" How do you feel about? actors and social media. All right. So two things. First of all, know that the buyer is looking at your social media. So you want to be careful what you put up there. You know, you don't necessarily want to have your name on the one where you're drinking every night with your friends. Um, And yes, sometimes the social media following can mean the difference between being hired or not. I I hate to say this because people are going to freak out about it. It's like, no, that's not the, that's not the number one thing. And it's a very small area in which they need that social media to drive the marketing of their project. But social media takes an incredible amount of time to do it properly. So if if you're not going to really put in the time then don't worry about having a professional actor social media account. It's fine. You can still survive in this business without having a million followers. It's absolutely fine. But if you do do it, you know, get some advice. Again, there's a lot of online help with that kind of a thing. And, um, and just make sure it's, it's, it's current and that you're posting things that you would be proud that someone would see five years from now. And don't post anything that's uh, that's um, you have to sign a lot of NDAs. There's a lot of confidential uh, material that's involved, especially in the commercial world, also in the theatrical world. Obviously, you're you don't want to talk about a project that you're involved with until you have the permission of the the, the people making it. So you can say, "Hey, I booked a commercial," but you can't say, "Hey, I booked a T-Mobile commercial," necessarily. Yeah, uh, and you can't post it until it's public. That's great advice. You know, I tell my actors all the time is, is you're a brand, you're creating a brand. You, as an actor, you're selling a product. So you got to know what you're selling. Okay. Well, like for me, I knew I was selling this New York street kid. Okay. And that's what they bought. Okay. I was selling teen idol. You know, I was on the cover of teen beat and honk of the month and all that, but that's, I knew what I was selling and they bought it. And then, you know, that was the door in, I knew that's how I got my foot in the door. And then, you know, they try to typecast you and put you in a little box and say, Oh, you can only play these kind of roles, you know, the New York Italian, you know, and then I had to fight my way out of that box to mm. start playing Latin roles and different roles and, you know, changing their mind on, on me, you know, I, I don't have to only be the criminal. I can be the good guy, you know? So mm-hmm. if you know what you're selling, there's a way to get into the door. I tell my young actors, especially commercially, if you're six foot five, you better know how to dribble a basketball <laughs> because you'll probably get into an audition where they're going to ask you, you know, okay. Or play volleyball if you're a woman. But, yeah, but you got to have special skills. I feel like special skills help you, like get in the door. Like I have one of my young actresses, you know, she just got Taff Hartley into the business. Taff Hartley means wearing, 
you know, you're now, uh, you know, the producers pay a penalty for hiring a non-union actor and you get to become SAG eligible. But, you know, she's brand new in the business, but she got in the door. She got a Taff Hartley because they were looking. She plays the piano and she sings. They were looking for somebody who plays piano and sings. That special skill got her that part and got her Taff Hartley. I have another one of my actors that I met at my pool. He's you know, a bodybuilder, strong guy, whatever, you know, he's the ex-football player. Well, they needed football players for a commercial. Mm-hmm. They cast him. He got his Taff Hartley, you know. So I mm-hmm. feel that, you know, those things, your talents, your special skills will help you to get into the door. Because, you know, getting into the theatrical doors, I feel a little harder. It's a lot harder. Yeah. Than getting into a commercial, commercial. Yeah. To, to, to getting into the commercial door. But, you know, I know for me, listen, I've been, like I said, I, I've been very blessed. I've played, you know, I, I when I first came out to Hollywood, I was like one of those actors. I don't do commercials. <laughs> I don't do soap operas. I don't do commercials. And you then know. you got your first few checks from commercials and you're like, I'm doing commercials. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure, exactly. You know, but, but that's the beauty of it. I mean, I remember... When I did Snapple, I remember they like was like the fourth commercial. They kept and they bringing it back, and yeah, yeah, they kept like I I had a reoccurring character on a Snapple right. commercial, but then they like paid me like for one day like seventeen thousand five hundred dollars to say well, two. You're words. welcome. Got yeah yeah, but thank you. We, that's what we asked for. Yeah, but that's that's why you're an amazing agent because you literally got me seventeen thousand five hundred dollars to say two words. I said. Got it. Got it. That was well, it. They had they'd established you as yeah, a character. They had leverage at that point. They couldn't get another <laughs> building. They had you were yeah. that guy. Um, but I do want to say something about why it's a lot harder theatrically, it's just the numbers. A commercial agent can represent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and they see many more people. Theatrically, they'll that roster is going to be a lot smaller. So it's I don't want to say you'll never get a theatrical agent, you know, and you can always get a commercial agent. It's just it's just numbers in that way. That's that's the only reason why I would say it's it's a lot harder because it's not easy to book a commercial. It's not I I some of my favorite not favorite submissions from actors looking for representation or saying like you know what I want to do commercials for a few years before I get my big break in Hollywood. Like I'm just going to just check that off my list. Like, well, good luck with that because it's it's very competitive for commercials and you have to be really good and you can't watch a commercial and know what goes into that performance. That's what's tricky. I think you should watch commercials if you want to be a commercial actor, but you don't know that that actor, you see someone doing a little take at you know at one point, the camera's on them for a second and they're doing kind of a take. They've done 50 different versions of that little look for that director who just says, do it again, do it again, do it again. You have to be that nimble. You've been on those sets mm-hmm. and you've seen that. The actor sure. wants somebody with an improvisational skill, which I know you talk about improv and how important that is to be able to so just important. not think, just do it again, do it again, do it differently, be free, do it again, do something stupid, do something crazy. Being able to be directable is is a big thing, you know, to come in a room yeah. and make some choices, but then... You know, if you're in the room with a director and it gives you some direction, give them exactly what they asked for. 
don't give them the same shit because <laughs> what's going to happen is, is, you know, you may have, they may like you, but I need somebody, I, I need to know on the day, on the set, when I ask you to get a little, do this, you're going to give it to me. So mm-hmm. in that casting director, in that room with the director, they're going to test you. They're going to try, get, let me see, do the opposite of what you just did. Give me something else. And you want to be the actor that's yes and gives them exactly what they want. Because that's how you become a working actor. Because in one, you make some big choices. Two, you're having fun. Three, you're directable. You put all those little pieces together. You know, you're projecting confidence. Mm-hmm. That's how you become a working actor. And then once they work with you and they you got, have a good reputation and you're, pro- you're professional, you're there on time. And you, I believe truly your reputation is everything in this business. If you're one of those actors. Good and bad. Yeah, good and bad. Because if, you know, if if you show up late to my audition, well, guess what? I'm not going to hire you because if you show up, you're my principal acting, you show up late to my set, you're going to cost me a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, you want to be there early. You want to be the actor that gets there early and sits there and and maybe asks, you know, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to go back into in person, but, you know, you go in there and I say, is there some new copy? Has the copy changed? You know, because a lot of times you may get a piece of material or they won't give it to you till you get there. So you want to make sure you give yourself enough time to actually be prepared, you know, with them, spend some time with the material yeah. instead of going in there cold because you're not going to give your best work, you know, reading cold. So it's, I truly believe it's about preparation. It's about reputation. It's about, you know, really just outworking, out prepping, out choicing out everything. The other actors, you're the one that's there. You relax, you, you breathe in, you're grounding yourself. And now it's like, when they, when it's play. time, it's time fun. to play, and and then that's truly the the key is is play. Keep it in play. I know a lot of veteran actors that have IMDb credits like you can't believe, but they stop playing, and mm-hmm. they stop working, and it's it's sad because when I see some of these actors that you know they're really talented actors, but they stopped playing. And it became a job. It's like I got to, mm-hmm. I got I need this. I got to pay the bills. I got to pay the mortgage or whatever. And then the fun stopped. And then they stop working as an actor. They need, they need to meditate. Yeah. they Well, they need to meditate exactly, but they also need to get, get back to the vision. Why do, Why am I doing this in the first place? Know your why. This is why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it to get rich and famous. I'm doing it because, you know, I, I was given this talent and it's my, my God-given gift. Not everybody gets it. People can paint, dance, whatever. This is my talent. It was given to me. So it's my obligation is to shine that light and right. and 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 play and have fun and make a difference in people's lives and make them laugh, make them cry, whatever it is, you know, that's your job as an artist. So yeah, it is a great job. It's, it's an, it's an amazing job. And, 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 you know, I know actors that have been in this business a long time and they've done very well from the cell, you know, you, you got to treat everybody from the, the person, you know, the PA getting you some coffee or, you know, the, the director, everybody treat everybody the same on a set. You know, respect everyone, treat everybody the way you want to be treated, because you never know that person, that little person getting the coffee could be running the studio. <laughs> and I've seen it personally. I, I don't want to hear a client talk to my assistant in a way they wouldn't talk to me. As we hear everything. And uh, and that's that's exactly right. It's there's there's no excuse for that. What is your advice to a young actor seeking representation. Like if I was, a, I, I'm a young actor and I'm thinking of, I don't know, things have changed. I mean, do you even need to come out to Hollywood or New York? I mean, self tapes, does it matter where you live? Uh, again, for commercials, I generally don't want to 
they won't travel people. So you have to, if you are in another state outside of a major market, you have to be willing to become what they call a local hire. Local hire. Right. But as I probably wouldn't begin representing somebody unless they were in Los Angeles, just because it's it's already challenging enough to kind of get people up and running. But that extra hurdle of they actually don't live here, I probably wouldn't start with someone. Maybe if they started here and then they relocated, we could we could try it. How do you get my attention? Uh, a referral? If you happen to have a on your own, have encountered one of my clients who's seen your work or a casting director or anybody in the industry, that's a great way to lead off. If you have some material, if you've been in a show and it's online and you can share that with me, or you're going to be on, I don't know, a, a new show that's coming up, you can you can get that material to me. I like to see the people in action, see their acting work. We don't audition as part of a of a meeting, but we've already seen some some work. And and then it's like anything. You say someone's a product. Well, I have my roster of talent and at any one time I may have enough people of any one particular brand, but I don't have certain these people. I always say if a Japanese grandmother comes into my office, I'm handing her paperwork <laughs> immediately. There just are not that many women that, that can fill that fill that role that are available. So it's always changing and it's always fluid and people, obviously their age ranges change. So there's never like a good time to submit. There's never a certain type you have to be. We represent all types of people. We have children, we have adults, all sizes, all ethnicities, all genders. So you just want to approach an agent when you feel like you've got something to give them. You know, you you don't necessarily have to get an agent right away, get some work under your belt, get some confidence, work with an, a great teacher. And then when you're ready, you've got, you know, you can invest in your photos and your class and your transpo and your whatever. You've got all that ready to go. Then you can step up and go, I'm ready to work with an agent. It's as easy as an email. You know, we have a website and a submissions email. And, you know, not every day do I sit down with my coffee and go through my submissions, but I'm regularly going through those submissions and looking and we found people that way. Great. So, so are the, is there like a, the do's and don'ts of like what turns you off? Like you don't want to, or what, or something that somebody's done that really, you know, like you said, the one that was very persistent, he kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And then, you know, finally you said, yes, you know, it's like me knocking on those doors in Hollywood. No, 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 no. I kept banging. I could have stopped at A or B or C, but I kept banging at why I got a yes. So is there a, a, a do's and don'ts for you? Well, I, I, I think if there, if there has been that, that example I gave you was I had made the invitation to please stay in touch. So it wasn't somebody that I had said, I'm really not interested. And then they just kept emailing and emailing and emailing and emailing. So you want to be respectful of people's time. You don't need to email somebody every week necessarily to say, hey, you know, just checking in, whether you're a client or you're looking for an agent. The things that uh, are difficult <laughs> as an agent are, I think we talked about when your photos are, are are no longer representative of you. They're they're more than two or three years old if you're an adult. And we've asked for photos and there's just been radio silence. Or we send out an audition notice and we don't get a confirmation immediately. You leave town, you don't tell your agent. I didn't hear this is this is my favorite. 
I haven't heard from you in so long. So I just left for the weekend. I'm like, you know, I've been, I was so excited to finally get the audition. I've been working so hard the last six weeks to get you because nobody wanted to see you, but now they want to see you and you're gone. <laughs> you know, so, so always keep in communication. What a great way to tell, to say, pop up with your agent, like, hey, I'm here to say like, oh, by the way, I'm leaving Friday for a long weekend, but I'll bring myself tape stuff and I can certainly tape that I can't, you know, come back or whatever you want to communicate with them. So it's just, it's just respect. It's we're, a, we're a team. And I can't do what I do without you. And hopefully I'm bringing something to the table for you. And we really are working all the time when you're not hearing from us. The same way that you have, an actor's not going to book every audition. I'm not going to get my actor into every audition. But doesn't mean I'm not submitting and pitching and pushing and trying different ways and making notes. And that's all going in. And your agent doesn't get paid until you work. So that's all based on faith. We have a lot of faith in our actor. And when that's not repaid by the respect of making sure we have what we need to be the best agents for you, that's not great. What advice do you have for older actors, like actors that <laughs> over 40? <laughs> oh, well, listen, I have I have an actress, you know, she's I, she's you know, she came to me kind of green in her 70s. Oh, and, okay. We're talking and, the senior, senior. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, she's got, she's very talented. You know, she, she did other things in her life and, mm -hmm. you know, she came, found her, but went back to her passion and, and it's yeah, been delightful. It. It's been so delightful to see her. I mean, she didn't really didn't know how to use her phone. And now she, if I showed you some of her self tapes, the stuff that she's filmed, I mean, I'm blown away. My mother is 87. And she's an actor and she was doing these beautiful self tapes. I think it's a, and I know some 25 year olds who are just useless at that. Kind of thing. <laughs> so let's not be ageist, but I say, go for it. If you're, if you're a senior, one of our most successful actors was a dermatologist. And then at 70, he became an actor and he worked all the time, all the time. So I just say like anybody else, just, just go for it. Okay, so now I'm in my seventies, and I don't have much of a resume because you know I, I this I'm, I'm I'm new to the game at seventy, mm -hmm. and I I want to get I have a great look right, and I feel like I could book some commercials, you know, some older you know playing the older roles on the commercials. Yeah. How, what is how do I approach you? How well, do I? I never tell people to go out and spend a ton of money on photos before they're represented because most like the agent will have their own desire for certain kinds of photos, mm -hmm. to get one or two good photos. Don't get something in the backyard that your, your, your <laughs> grandson took. Get, yeah. a, get a decent a photo. Professional picture. Get a professional picture and uh, get some training. Do some local plays. You know, bring something to, to the table. And probably they're not going to be in the union, which is, which is fine. But you have to know if you're somebody that wants to work you know, union, then eventually you're going to be working in that, in that union market. And there may not be as much opportunity. We really didn't talk about union versus non-union. That's for another, yeah. another time, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's like anybody else. It's like, if I, I don't think it's that much different if you're 18 or you're 80, you do have life experience and maybe some of those special skills you were talking about, you know, if you, if you crochet, <laughs> That's very ageist. Not all older people crochet. Um, <laughs> but if, yeah, if you speak some languages or if you were a chef or some of these 
jobs that you used to have could be useful in your in your career. So 18 now I'm a, I'm a young actor. I don't have much, you know, I have been studying my craft and mm-hmm. you know, I don't I haven't done a lot of work, you know, maybe I've done some non-union student film, short film, webisode, whatever, you know, so I have a few credits that I've, you know, I've, I've got some stuff on my resume Uh and I'm not union. What is your advice for someone like that trying to get representation? Really just the same along the same lines. It's actually more challenging to be 35 and not union than it is to be 18 or 80 with a, with no credits. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. at some point you're expected to have more under your belt when you're, you know, kind of in, I wouldn't call it middle age, but you know, past, past the first flush of youth. Uh, if you're still not union and you're still doing student films and you've been at this for 10 years, it's a little harder as an agent to get excited, to be honest. You know, maybe nobody's, maybe you've got that spark and nobody's found you and you're going to keep your vision and keep going, but it's going to be a little bit more of a climb than if you are just starting out at 18. When someone sends you an email, do you want materials? Do you want a demo reel? I mean, do, do demo reels, do people even look at demo reels anymore? Well, yes, absolutely. There's um, a, a lot of, there's video. There's a lot of, you know, I don't want to, we don't like to download necessarily because of too much um uh, viruses and things like mm-hmm. that, but something we can we can go to a website and look at the real. I, I I won't I won't agree to a meeting without having somebody even just read for me. If they're brand new, I will send them some copy and have them do a little audition uh, just online before we agree to a meeting. You know, you got to know if somebody can first of all, what's their self tape look like? That's important. So yeah. I want to see what that looked like, and we want to know what they sound like. So as much material as you want to give in a in a, an email is is yeah. fine with me. Would you do you prefer like an EPK like something that's all there in one spot? I, I click there's a headshot, resume, sure. you know, website or something like that, yeah, or a link to a, a link to a website. Yeah, yeah, like that's a one stop shop, so you don't have to go searching yeah. down a YouTube hole or something like that. Yes, yes, I uh, and and you want somewhat of a cover letter. I've gotten emails and it's just like a, a series of headshots <laughs> and that's and that's in their name and that's it yeah that's not enough information to figure out whether this would be a good relationship or not great so a little cover letter with with headshot resume mm-hmm. you know demo reel that and kind a of- short a short cover letter it doesn't have to go into kind of the the story of your your passion for acting unless there's something that's germane in some way if you come from another country let's say if i grew up in russia and i started acting there and then i came here kind of a story um but your you know your credits if you know anybody in the industry your photos your your demo reel um, if it's student films for commercials especially it's not very helpful if it's a very dark and moody and weird student film <laughs> yeah. I mean, god god bless the the student directors yeah. uh but it doesn't give me enough information sure. to know if you're going to be great for that you know would you prefer if they got a piece of commercial copy and they they self-tape that and if that's all they have it, it, professional work is preferred um yeah. actual work you were hired for and this is sure. your copy of it but i would say if you don't have anything I would say, just say, I'm just starting out and let then the agent 
make the overture of here, would you read copy? How are you taking meetings? I mean, are you doing in-person or are you doing virtual meetings? We're doing virtual. Everything is, is virtual. So, so even with casting now, like, is is it self-tape auditions and Zoom callbacks or? In the commercial world, they're starting to do in-person auditions. They've been doing them since last fall under COVID protocols. They're not crowding everybody into one room. Everybody masks up unless they're on camera and speaking. So I guess it's still about 60 or 70% virtual self-tape or virtual like this. And then the rest is in person. Okay, do you see the callback is in person if the first call is in is the Zoom or, or self tape. So do you see it going back to the way it used to be or not a hundred percent? Okay. Uh, I mean, you you and I know that that self tape was never a thing commercially. Nobody wanted to see a self-tape. I had actors that were like, Well, I'm out of town, but I could self-tape for this. And they're like, No, we're not gonna do that. So that's completely changed. And I don't think for those small roles that they don't really need to see people in conjunction with each other, if it's just like a line, they'll continue to do self-tapes. But there's going to be a hybrid, let's say, model of self-tapes and in-person going forward. You know what I love about you is that you are, you know, you studied acting. You know the craft of acting. You give, I, I mean, workshops on auditioning and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. I've read somewhere. So, you know, what is, what is your advice to actors auditioning um, as it, coming from an agent's position? What is your advice for actors? In I, well, I'll, I think we did talk quite a bit about that. I agree with a lot of what you said about, about having confidence, being of service, being prepared. If you don't have any copy Let's say it's a commercial edition and there's really nothing that you have to go on. I, it's like, what do I do? Be present. You know, walk in the room. If you're walking in the room, just feel the air around you. Just be present. The slate, uh, for those actors who don't know, a slate is where you say your name. Sometimes you give them your hands. You give them a profile. Maybe you say what your agency is. That is a lot of information that can be 90% of that audition in commercials. So you want to make sure you say, hi, my name is Alicia Ruskin. You don't want to say, hi, my name is Alicia Ruskin. You don't want to upspeak in your slate because it's like, well, are you Alicia Ruskin? Or is there some confusion about that? So you, you want to just state it out there. Um, and then, and then, like you said, it's, it's, it's a sense of play. I always think of it as that, well, you know, for this, However long I'm I'm on my self-tape or I'm in the room, I've got the role. Well, I can do whatever the heck I want with it. And I can try to do something a little different. I'm not like the other 40 people in the in the waiting room. I'm I'm me and I'm gonna bring my own spin on it. And if I'm wrong, I wasn't meant to get it anyway. Yeah. So, and and at least I have hopefully made that fan from the casting director because I brought some life into the room. Imagine the other side of the table. They're sitting there. Or they're watching, you know, hundreds of these, like one after the other, doing the same thing over and over, saying the same lines. And then what makes them stop? And not stop in a way of like, you can't believe what an idiot this person, you know, they ripped their shirt off or they did something, they did something inappropriate. But they were just, they brought some life. They brought a little spin to it. You be that person in that audition room. 
Love that. Yeah. It's about choices. You know, it's about yeah. have, making some big choices and being memorable, letting them go. Wow. Who was that? <laughs> you may not be right for the part, but I like that person. You know, <laughs> you came in and played and had fun. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what it's all about. Really, truly, Alicia, I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on. I, I know you're a very busy woman and, you know, sharing your wisdom and your knowledge on, on the for my listeners. And I'm super grateful for, for jump, you, know, you jumping on. I pre- yeah. really appreciate that. You're very welcome. It was really good to see you again. It's Ellie. great and to see you. Congratulations on everything you've done and achieved. Oh, thank you so much. And congratulations on you. I mean, your, you know, your career, what you've done, you know, being a senior vice president. And, I didn't quit. <laughs> I know. but she, Yeah, but you worked your way up. I mean, I, I mean, did. I've always had I've been in one job. I feel like I've had 50 jobs uh, and I'm at the greatest agency in the world. Yeah, I mean, turn, so. uh, yeah, listen, Kazarian Measures and Ruskin is 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 uh, bi-coastal, right? Do you guys have... We just opened our third office in Atlanta. Wow. So you're in Atlanta, you're in New York, so you're all over the place. We're all over the place. And and you started, I mean, you, you know, your Hollywood story, you know, you started, you came out, you know, you, pursue, you pursued the acting for a little bit, right? I mean, I, mean, I did. You... I did pursue the acting. I have a master's in acting. I studied at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. And... And I'll tell you really quickly what, what I needed more than my dream was financial security. That was my, I needed to get up and go to a job every day. I was not the kind of person that could kind of work three times a year and be happy. If I'd gotten on a soap opera when I was 25, I would still be there today. Uh, that would have been my dream job. Or like if I got on in cats, I'd be the the cats person who was there for 20 years. I like, I like consistency, Uh, but that wasn't in the cards for me. And I'm very happy with what I do. And I, I love every day and I'm so proud of my actors working with them. What's your favorite part about being an agent? The telling people they have a job. That that call. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Hey, congrats. You booked the part. Yes. And seeing them, we had a lot of people on the Super Bowl, of course. So it was exciting seeing our talent throughout the game on the, we call it the ad bowl because, you know, I kind of skip through the game and watch all the commercials. Yeah. I had a couple of my students on the Super Bowl. So you it was, did. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, That's some great. of my younger, young, younger yeah. student, the one that I told you, she plays the the piano and sings. She got Taff Hartley uh, on uh, America's, it was I think it was like a mini, I forget the name of it, like America's Got Music or whatever. It's like, it's like okay. a like an America's Got Talent, but from different states or whatever. But okay. she Great. she got a you know a nice little f- featured part in that. And another friend of mine, uh, one of my young actors, did a Skechers or commercial. I mean, it's it's a, mm-hmm. you know it's 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 awesome for it's me. That's thing. yeah. When they when they get that and and you know you've had some part to get them there and then they book it. It's just, it's a great feeling. For me, it's better than when I used to book the parts, you know, it, it's, yeah. I, I really truly found for me, I've been blessed. I, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt to prove it. Early actor was about me ego. Now what I truly found, it's not about me. It's about 
we. It's about how can I be of service? How can I be of contribution? How can I make a difference in somebody else's life? I truly feel the, the secret to living is giving. How can you give? How can you help somebody else? And every time I get my phone blows up every day, hey, I got I got my I got an agent, I got a Taff Hartley, I got my this, I got that, you know, I got that part. You know, to me, that is so rewarding for me. And that's what I do, why I do what I do is is because it's it's truly my passion to be the guide. You know, I believe success leaves clues, and I've been I've been very blessed and you know, very successful. And I know the path. I know how to get you where you got to go. So when I when they when they actually listen and they go, I mean, look, <laughs> look there's the, there's that X factor. It can't be taught. It can't be bought. It's that passion, that drive, that vision that I'm going to make this happen no matter what. I'm going to go after my dreams with a vengeance. I'm going to get nose. I'm going to get knocked down. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep going after my dream. And I'm going to be relentless in the pursuit of it. And then it's going to happen. And then I'm going to make Billy happy. <laughs> I'm happy all the time. <laughs> I'm blessed. I truly am. And I, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart, Alicia. Wow. Thank you, it's Billy. Great to see you. All Take right. care. You as well. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.